Hello, and welcome to a special podcast and newsletter of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and this one goes out first to subscribers and then to everybody else uh, a day later. Uh, Sometimes it is good to document things in longer issues such as this one, and let's get right to it, shall we? In this one, we're going to talk a little bit about the Charlottesville Planning Commission and their role in the comprehensive plan that's currently underway. On March 30th, 2021, the Charlottesville Planning Commission once again took up discussion of a map which is intended to signal to property owners and the public what uses are desired for specific properties across the city's 10.4 square miles. The firm Roadside and Harwell unveiled a draft of what is known as the Future Land Use Map in the same month that Charlottesville City Council endorsed an affordable housing strategy that is intended, in part, to find more locations to build new units to increase the overall housing stock. Jennifer Koch is with the firm Roadside and Harwell, the firm that has been hired by the city of Charlottesville to create that plan, to update the comprehensive plan, and to conduct a full rewrite of the city's zoning code. Um, And this is where the conversation will get uh, more difficult. We know this is the first draft. There's going to be refinements and revisions as we move forward. In 2018, commissioners clashed over a previous version of the map. Some commissioners insisted on designating more land for intense residential use. Others wanted a more gradual approach. The March 30, 2021 presentation was led by Ron Sessoms, a roadside and Harwell veteran who previously worked on the West Main Streetscape project. One change from the 2018 draft future land use map is that colors correspond to specific parcels rather than a gradient that had been used. The parcel-based approach is very similar to what was developed in 2013, where you have crisp lines um, between different land uses um, based on parcels. The land use gradient approach would be more of a fuzzy boundary. You know, there's not hard edges. It wouldn't be defined per se by parcels themselves, but it allows flexibility in the future um, because the lines are not as crisp as a parcel-based map. Sesame said Roadside and Harwell is recommending a parcel-based approach because that will more clearly inform the rewriting of the zoning code, which is the next step in the Seville Plans Together initiative. He also said a gradient approach would involve less certainty for developers. Individual land use decisions in Virginia most always take the comprehensive plan into account, but its guidance is not legally binding. Sesame said changes in this map have been built with nine principles in mind. The first is to build upon recent studies and the recently endorsed affordable housing plan. We're providing more housing opportunities, including affordable housing, and we're including those areas where people want to live. Um, This would be places near parks, school, transit, city services, and employment centers. Sessom said an emphasis is placed on the need to provide a variety of different housing types throughout the city. One of the equity considerations that is being taken into account is to increase the availability of housing in single-family neighborhoods that have historically had exclusionary zoning while minimizing community disruption and displacement pressures in low-income neighborhoods. We heard a lot about um, how we can begin to 
um, provide equitable housing distribution throughout the city. And again, doing that through introducing a variety of housing types in different areas of the city that historically has not um, included that, um, that type of approach. However, Sessoms cautioned against seeing the future land use map as the only way to accomplish these goals. And already, locations of various nodes have been shifted around the draft map from February to March. They will further shift as the map is discussed by more people. This is the first draft of the land use map. We know there, you know, we know there are going to be things that will need to be adjusted. The most intense use shown on the map is dark purple for downtown core. Sessoms said that building heights in this area could be as high as 10 stories to match the landmark skeleton. He said that future development should include residential uses to offer people the chance to live there. Commissioner Jody Lehendro noted that the downtown core is also covered by the Downtown Historic and Architectural District. What is there in here that, that um, references the historic districts and their coordinated, their overlays for your intense um, urban mix and residential mm -hmm. and commercial uses. There are opportunities provided by those historic districts that if they're delisted because of inappropriate development, um, it takes away economic opportunities for uh, landowners in those, in those districts. Sessom said that the map takes a high-level approach to the city's land uses, but would incorporate existing districts. With the building heights, we do say range up to 10. We know there's already a 10-story building in downtown, and we will have to have architectural control for these new developments that will control uh, the character and scale of these buildings. But the city is more than downtown. The second most intense node in the draft future land use map is urban mixed use, which is being used in the strategic investment area, as well as the US-29 Emmett Corridor. Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg said he thought one of these two areas might have been painted too broadly. I feel like this um, is a little bit too aggressive in places uh, to go with the entire SIA, for example. Stolzenberg added that much of the SIA is built out as low density and that a smaller designation there might be appropriate. And I think in the, in the SIA plan, um, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, um, where it really sees the redevelopment being focused in like, you know, the, the big grayfield sites like Ix um, and then stepping down. Stolzenberg said other areas should receive this urban mix designation, such as the area around the former Martha Jefferson Hospital, which has been redeveloped as a mixed-use site. He also suggested the site of a scrapyard on Carlton Avenue would also be appropriate. So put as much density into there as we can um, in order to kind of help alleviate the pressure on the rest of the city. Stolzenberg said he thought the city should designate the Vinegar Hill Shopping Center and the city yard as a more intense use. The Star Hill Vision Plan that recently passed uh, calls for that to be the, the most intensely developed um, part of that area. Earlier this month, the City Council included the Star Hill Vision Plan as part of the Comprehensive Plan's appendix. The draft future land use map currently shows the city yard as neighborhood mixed-use node, which calls for buildings up to four stories. 
four stories because we don't want to get too high where it becomes out of context with these finer grain um, residential communities that surround many of these areas. Other mixed-use nodes designated on the draft future land use map include the Fry Spring Beach Club, the intersection of Grove Road and Melbourne Road, and Market Street Carlton Road east of Mead Avenue. The recommended heights for both neighborhood mixed-use corridor and neighborhood mixed-use node are four stories. Commissioner Lyle Soley-Yates said that four stories is not enough in those areas. Some of these should be way over four stories. Uh, some of them probably under four stories. Uh, when we talked about this in 2018, we, we said five stories as sort of a, I mean, frankly, it's all arbitrary and it doesn't make much sense. Sesum said one factor limiting heights in residential buildings is the need to provide parking to people who live there. The higher you go, the more surface parking you get. So we start going up to five, even four, um, four stories with that residential and or office component and the commercial on the ground floor. You're going to need a lot of parking. Koch quickly stepped in and said that requirements for parking will come up later in the comprehensive plan and the zoning rewrite. The other thing we, we will be considering with these nodes and with the corridors, as I think we've said before, is how, how can we improve multimodal access to all of these and along them. Sola Yates still wanted the heights to be depicted as being up to at least five stories for the neighborhood areas. Yeah, I'm asking why none of them could be five stories. What, 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 what is the public harm? Sesum said there is no public harm, but that there are other considerations to take into account. One of them is the thoughts from people who would live nearby. We can look at maybe some areas where it may be appropriate to go up to five stories, particularly just looking at some of these areas where we have wider um, <clears throat> parcels where we could have that more of a potential. We also need to take in consideration shading um, and buildings adjacent to residential areas. I remember when we did the frame, the future land use framework for West Main Street couple of years ago, there was a lot of concern from the community about looming buildings um, next to adjacent residential areas. So when we start to suggest these lower heights in these in the fabric of these communities, we just want to be careful on how tall um, we get. Planning never really ends, and this draft future land use map incorporates smaller plans that have been adopted, as well as ones underway, such as the urban Rivanna River Corridor Plan, which is being shepherded by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District. Reviewing the draft future land use map and a little bit of research reveals all kinds of plans for specific neighborhoods. As stated earlier by Sesums, the goal of this future land use map is to encourage the production of more housing. Let's review the definition of missing middle housing, which is one of the purposes of the medium intensity residential category. These are beginning to encompass many of those missing middle housing types, including row houses, townhouses, multi-unit buildings, small house-size multi unit buildings um, um, that are compatible with low adjacent low intensity neighborhoods. The height of these range up to two and a half stories. Uh, that is a residential scale so that they fit. 
Under the draft map, the low-intensity residential category would also include more density through duplexes, triplexes, and accessory dwelling units. Commissioner Liz Russell, appointed last September, expressed the concern that higher heights would encourage teardowns of existing units. Uh, because it need to say that unless a neighborhood has an existing historic district overlay, which Locust um, does, but some of these other neighborhoods don't, it's, you know, it's going to be ripe for teardowns to build density and, and, and may not result in affordability. During the meeting, Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg sent around a map he had developed, which depicts the city by assessed property values. He said many of the wealthiest areas in the city are being depicted as low-intensity residential. He suggested that should change. And all of those bright red areas um, in North Downtown in particular, which is so close to all of the jobs um, and amenities, and in uh, the Rugby Hills area, um, and to a little bit lesser extent, Lewis Mountain, like those are all kept as low density residential um, in this new map. Um, and I think in particular for North Downtown, um, like that really needs to go a lot more of it in a lot higher. Commission Chair Hosea Mitchell said many black households live in neighborhoods that are zoned for single family residential. He warned of unintended consequences. So as you guys begin to think about um, increasing our density, just remember that uh, you need to also uh, bring uh, equity into the equation and think about, you know, how much of the black community in certain parts of the city are living in R1 areas, and we need to make sure that we protect. The community input process will begin to happen as the pandemic lifts. But the beginning of that process began at the tail end of the March 30th meeting with comments from the public. Cecilia Mills of the Locust Grove neighborhood said many of the people in her neighborhood are shocked at being designated as middle intensity core. I know that the consultants are doing their best, but there still needs to be better outreach so people know this is coming. Andrea Massey, a city resident and representative of the Charlottesville Low Income Housing Coalition, said the draft map did not go far enough to address what the organization describes as racist zoning practices. We need you to go further. The map right now, looking at side by side, looks almost exactly the same as it has for decades, following the same segregationist lines that were initially intentionally drawn. Thanks for listening to this particular podcast. And I want to know what you have to say and what you think about these things. Are these things that you find it easy to understand? Is the jargon here too much? Well, that's what Charlottesville Community Engagement, this particular entity called Charlottesville Community Engagement, is here to do. Uh, thank you to all of the people who are paying a subscription to make sure I can keep paying attention to these things so I can break it down for everybody. My intention here is not to tell anyone what to think, but is to let people know that these are the conversations that are being had and that everybody can get involved. And hopefully they can do that by looking at the primary sources and looking at things and asking questions. That's how we move forward, and that's what I intend to do here on Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm Sean Tubbs. Uh, I'll be back with a regular newsletter pretty soon. Thanks for listening, and you can send this on to other people as well. Uh, this goes for out from beyond the paywall fairly soon. <laughs>